Welcome to Intrepid Media, the show for the business professional. Here, we're going to talk about business topics such as leadership, sales, marketing, HR, innovation, strategy, and technology. But we're also going to riff about lifestyle too and help you look better, feel better, and live better. This show is everything the modern business professional needs, from the C-level executive to the millennial. So let's get on with the show. Good morning and welcome back to Intrepid Business. I am your host, Todd Schneck. This is going to be a very informative conversation. A lot of the things we're going to talk about today are things that I've talked about off and on over the years on this show. They're always good to get a refresher. And quite frankly, some of the things that we're going to run through today are things that every single one of you listening to this need to be paying probably a lot more attention to and focusing a lot more on how to properly execute some of these things. And so this will be a great a great conversation bringing us up to speed on some fresh thinking on some of these subjects. So it's going to be a very important conversation. So let's get to it. I'm joined today by Douglas Carr. He's the founder of the Marketing Tech Blog. Doug Carr, welcome to the show. Hey, thank you, sir. Uh, good to have you. We're also joined by Jen Lizak. She is the Vice President and Content Strategist with DK New Media. Jen, welcome to the show. Thanks so much. Nice to be here. Yeah, it's good to have you both. I appreciate both of you making time to join me. I know you're awfully busy building this cool agency, so appreciate you stopping by and giving us <laughs> some time. Douglas, I'll ask you, uh, just before we dive into our, our big agenda here, just for the audience's sake, take a few quick seconds, tell us a bit about the Marketing Tech Blog, and then give us a quick run through of DK New Media, what you guys are doing and how you're serving your market. Sure. Well, over a decade ago now, the Marketing Tech Blog started. It was basically all of my friends and colleagues were asking me questions on what kind of mar marketing technology to utilize how to leverage it. And instead of just answering emails all day, I said, you know what, it's time to put this together in a blog. And so I started the marketing tech blog. It took, you know, seven years later, working with several different marketing tech startups. I worked with Exact Target and Compendium, another company, Patron Path. I decided to start the agency. There was enough of a demand for my services to launch that. And so we're in our seventh year now. Yeah. Oh, wow. In our seventh year now at DK, and basically, we help marketing technology clients with their online client, you know, content strategies. So that's how it started. And this is where I'm at. Outstanding. Well, let me, uh, I'm already going to go off script here with this first question. So I'll ask each of you to comment on this. And Douglas, I'll start with you. Uh, should people still blog? I mean, I've seen plenty of articles saying blogging is done. What do you guys think? Yeah, I, I think so. I think it's just that it's changed in in its efforts we were at a in a production phase for a while there because of seo and 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 it was all about you know producing mass volumes of content for people to find you at and then the algorithms caught up with that you know from a search standpoint and now it's really people doing a lot of research online and it's about having high quality blog posts and so i would say that blogging has has changed over the years but it's just as important now if 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 not even more important than it was, you know, let's say five years ago. Jen, any comments there? Yeah, so I would definitely not say that blogging is dead. So people tend to learn in th one of three different ways. Uh, auditory by hearing, kinesthetic by doing, or visually by seeing. And from a blogging perspective, blogging typically falls into the kinesthetic, you know, you can tell people how to do things through blogging. So while I would say that 
you know, we're out at the production phase of just creating two blogs per week to try to get the search engines to, you know, rank pages higher, I would say that blogging supports different learning processes and it's it's more about storytelling than getting out a, a production blog. Yeah, you know, I... Before I really built, started building up my media company, I was one of those uh, uh, typical marketing strategists. And so a lot of the work I did was trying to help my clients create content. And, and it, just, it was just really surprising to me how difficult it was to get what was an industry leader, someone who had knowledge in a, in a particular space, how difficult it was to get them to create content. So Jen, I'll ask you, you're a content strategist. You also service the customers with DK New Media. I mean, when, when the client says, ah, Jen, I just don't know what to write about, or I don't know what kind of content to create. How do you address that? How do you, apart from wanting to backhand them across the face and say, what are you thinking? <laughs> how do you, how do you get them understanding the value of it and how to do it? I mean, they have a lot of knowledge that they don't realize they have. And, and I mean, just walk us through how you walk through a customer and help them begin to get in the mindset of creating content. Yeah, definitely. So, when we started the business, originally it was more consulting than actually providing deliverables. And we realized that people were paying us with not very many results because they weren't executing on that consultation. So it did turn into us kind of taking over the blogging side. But obviously, these people know their business better than we do or ever will. So we, we approach it in a couple different ways. One, there's we could come in for, you know, a two-hour session or a three-hour session, and we just kind of interview them and, you know, get to know their business, what a typical day is like, what are some of your best contracts, what have been some of your worst contracts. You know, we, we talk them through general questions, and organically we learn more about the ins and outs so we can ask those more specific questions down the line. Then the other side of that, on a if they don't want to go that route, you know, the biggie is just look at your email. What what questions are people asking you in your email on a daily or weekly basis? I mean, that's fodder for blog content for months to go. But explaining how important it is, for the most part, we we don't get a lot of resistance on that. It's just they don't have time and they don't want to do it. So that's why they hire us and. We help them with the strategy as long as we can sit down and talk to them and get get their expertise. So, well, I think that points to a really important aspect too. That and Jen and I see it a lot more with companies nowadays. That just because you have the expertise internal to you know for your products and services, and you have a great sales team, great marketing team, everything else, does not mean that you're going to be great at producing content. And so we're seeing a lot more companies go external to get that expertise. And, and if you've got experienced copywriters, we've surrounded ourselves with some of the best, you know, from a technology standpoint, if you've got great copywriters, they can sit and then like Jen said, they can interview a, a CEO for an hour and they can have 10 blog posts, you know, that are really highly focused and detailed on, on specific topics. And so that that's what I would say is instead of backhanding them like we used to want to, um, you know, now we say, you know what, we'll go ahead and help you and, and do this for you. 
Yeah. So Jen, I did I did something similar. So I would sit down and I would get the team and I would say, all right, let's list the twenty five most common questions you get from your customers or prospects and, and that you build content around that and then teach them that when you get that question down the road to just feed the link to that post. And that's one way to get exposure to that post. So so Jen, you touched on this, but uh, Douglas, I'd love to ask you to, to expand on that. So obviously it's becoming more and more popular to outsource the creation of your content and that and yes, there's. We all understand the value of that because if you get an experienced copywriter producing that material, is a lot better than someone who maybe is not a good writer. I get that, but there's still the the anxiety that comes with. Well, do they really know my business? And do they really know my customer? And do they really know my product? So, what any any one or two or three key steps to to ensure that when you outsource the creation of your content, that that the the, the professionals that are doing that are speaking from from true knowledge of, of how you what you do and how you serve? Yeah, I mean, uh, Jen actually worked on an entire marketing maturity model process for clients. And and so what we tend to see, honestly, Todd, is that sometimes the client doesn't even understand who their customer <laughs> is or how to speak to them. Right. And and so, you know, we, we start at step one, like we bring in experts. We, we have a branding expert that we bring in on, on most of our engagements, and he helps he helps the client actually understand how to speak to people. You know, I, the, the old joke is, you know, we always, Jen and I always tell the clients, you know, this isn't for you. You know, they, they want the beautiful website the way they want it, but it's not for them. It's really for their visitors right. and for their prospects. And it's the same with content and the voice of the brand and the, the imagery, the tone, all of those things are, are things that we go through a discovery phase to make sure that we help them actually set that up rather than the other way around. There's a, there's honestly very few companies, I think, that are sophisticated enough to, to kind of go through that process. It's it's typically later stages of a company. You know, you might work with a an Angie's List or Salesforce or something where they absolutely understand what their voice is and, and who they're speaking to. But most small to mid-sized companies and even, even many large established companies they don't even know, you know, how how to speak to the people that they're trying to get to. Well, and therein lies, I think, a real benefit of when you hit that wall and the customer is struggling to generate that content or, or even to advise their, their team on how to do it. Because I think that leads to one or two outcomes. One is... They probably maybe they shouldn't be in that business because they just don't really understand it. Or two, that's an opportunity by which they can then learn how to better tell that story, and and that's that's exactly. a, that's a good realization to come to. And that's also where I suspect you guys can help them uh, understand how to polish up the delivery of that message. So very important stuff. All right, Douglas and Jen will be back after this quick break. We'll be right back. This episode is brought to you by the new international best-selling book, Leadership Rigor. This groundbreaking book will turn everything you think you know about leadership upside down. Leadership Rigor explores how to achieve breakthrough performance and productivity through leading yourself, leading teams, and leading at the organizational level. Author Erica Piedler outlines for her readers how to become change-ready leaders. Change-ready leaders are capable of embracing challenges with agility and optimism because they have the tools, models, and language to assess, structure, and facilitate solutions. Leadership is a skill that can be learned and practiced. Take the rigor challenge and ask yourself, do you want to lead mindfully and skillfully? Or do you want to subject your teams and organizations to your unstructured thoughts and approaches? The choice is yours. Will you rigor it? You can purchase Leadership Rigor on Amazon or by visiting ericpeedler.com. 
All right, I am back with Douglas Carr and Jen Lezak with DK New Media and the Marketing Tech Blog. So, guys, I'm going to let you in on a little secret of how I cheat uh, to create content, but I interview cool people like you on my show. And I published that material to the world. And that's how I, it's one of the ways I do it. And, and that, to me, that's such an obvious utilization of the podcast platform. There's obviously a lot of different ways you can leverage podcasting and, and other types of media creation. But uh, Douglas, why don't I start with you and walk us through how you guys help your customers utilize and leverage podcasting for their business. Yeah, that, that's you're nailing it right there. That's exactly what we do as well is. If we, you know, we have a target list with our PR company of guests that we'd like to be on our blog, they're obviously businesses that we'd like to do business with, or they own an audience that we want to reach. So podcasting winds up being this beautiful activity for that because, you know, if you're, if you're asking someone, let's say, let's say for a guest post rather than a podcast, if you're asking for a guest post, they may or may not you know, promote it too well. They, they, it's, it's difficult because is it going to be on your blog? Is it going to be on theirs? You don't want to, you know, you don't want to duplicate it in both places, but a podcast is a beautiful thing because it's transportable. And so, and people that listen to podcasts tend to nowadays, it's almost like Netflix, you know, they, they tend to binge a little bit. And so they, you know, so your guest, let's, let's say in this case, we're going to promote the the crap out of this, right? And and let everybody know that we were interviewed by Intrepid Now. And then people are going to obviously listen to that podcast. And some of those people are going to be really attracted to the questions that you asked, and they're going to subscribe to you. Well, that doesn't hurt us at all. That's fantastic because we're tapping into your audience that you've already created as well. And that's what I, I think I love about podcasting the most. The other piece of it is, unlike text, you get someone's tone of voice. You get to hear whether they're a fun person or you get to hear how serious they are. And so that tone of voice and inflection in people's voice as you're speaking is such a great, you know, it, it builds that relationship, you know, just far better than other mediums. Well, I just, I'm, I'm embarrassed to admit, I mean, I haven't done traditional sales and marketing tactics for my business in in a decade, I, I, when I identify an organization or an individual that I want to connect with or do business with, or at least build a relationship because that relationship has potential to benefit all of us, I reach out and say, hey, be a guest on my show. And that's as easy. And most people are willing to be a, be a part of that. And that's how I connect to my prospects. I mean, it's, I don't understand. I mean, I've been talking about this for years about how this is how I can, I don't go to networking meetings anymore. I don't have to do any kind of advertising campaigns. I mean, I just, and here's the other advantage of what I do. And now that my show has been around a while and, and, and it's got leverage. I mean, I PR people reach out to me every day saying, Hey, get my client on your show. Well, they're, they're in some cases feeding me opportunities. Uh, I don't have to do a thing about it, you know, and Hey Todd, you want to talk to the CEO of this large company? Hmm. <laughs> yeah, maybe, maybe I do. You know, I mean, it's 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 so it's, you know, let alone. I mean, we're just talking about the prospecting side of it. I mean, let alone the content creation that comes from this thing. Jen, let me ask you, I mean, part of what you can do with the podcast is to promote a website or a blog or your solutions and strategies and all. That. I mean, talk about some basic how to's of how you can leverage a podcast to do just that. Well, podcasting is one of those great things that you can repurpose into a ton or on a bunch of different mediums 
So not only posting it to iTunes or Stitcher or any of those, but obviously you can write a blog about it. You could it, theoretically you could take a video while you're doing a live podcast and put it on YouTube. You can share it with your email list. You can send it to clients like, hey, just wanted to share the latest episode with you. I thought you might think this is relevant. And then people are going to see when, you know, when you're posting it on your website and it's hosted there, obviously people are going to want to go back there to find more content that you're doing. Now, one thing to keep in mind is consistency. You know, like Doug said, people want to binge. So if you're posting a podcast once every week, you know, that's great, but you kind of need to keep up with that. So if people come back and they don't see any new content, then, you know, they, they might not be as apt to come back. So all in all, it's just a great way to repurpose on a bunch of different mediums and distribute on a bunch of different mediums as well, which will obviously get more people to your site and lead to an increase in organic rankings as well. One of the things that I'd, I'd, I'd add to that is don't underestimate all the effort that you put in in marketing your podcast, right? Well. <laughs> you know, I mean, we're, we're, we're up there too with listeners now. And, you know, I think we're, we've done about 250 podcast episodes and, and there was, there was a lot of, there was a lot of podcasts with a few listeners. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So it took a long And well, then, you know, you think about the, the investment from a technology standpoint and, and everything else, it just takes a while to get it there. And so, you know, what you've done is you've crafted this incredible audience and produced this incredible show. Well, that's of value to anybody that's going to be on your show. So that's why people are reaching out is you've got audience that they're trying to reach, and, and this is a great way to do it. Well, and you guys have gone so far as to uh, actually invest and build a studio in, in your offices to, to help you you do your shows and all that and the podcasting that you do. But you don't need to do that. If you have an iPhone, you have all the tool you need to record and, and even promote a podcast. So this does not have to be this big-time production. This can be done very simply. And, and the goal, frankly, is, look, I, I worry about sound quality, and I do have a post-production team and all that, but you don't need that kind of stuff to really, truly leverage what's possible here. So very, very exciting. Well, shoot, like I said before we went on the air, we could we could spend hours discussing podcasting, so I don't want to <laughs> – we might have to have you back to kind of keep on that conversation. But let's shift to a few more topics before I let you go. Douglas, you mentioned SEO at the top of the show, and that's one of those things that really freak people out and not being really sure, what in the heck do I do here? I mean, I want to search, I want to result well when someone Googles where I could be of, of assistance, uh, but but a lot of people are, are flummoxed as to how to actually do that, and maybe they're not some large enterprise organization that has a team or resources to to do some things there any advice and counsel to that small to medium-sized organization listening who when they think about seo are afraid of getting wrapped up with some boogeyman seo guy who does illegal tricks and all that i mean any thoughts on how they can be thinking about that yeah i it's it's a tough industry you know the the seo industry exploded i think to i think the numbers were somewhere around a five billion dollar industry and then i think it's it's probably plummeted you know since then and and it exploded because it was easy to game the rankings and so a lot of a lot of agencies popped up and a lot of large companies popped up we had one here in town that had over 100 employees 
you know, popped up. And then when the algorithms caught up, they were basically destroyed and they had to, you know, close their doors. And the the problem, though, is the trail of tears, if you will. You know, the, the companies that, that went that easy route hired this agency that guaranteed results and everything, and they're left all alone to clean up the mess. And and so I, you know, my my advice to everybody from that standpoint is if if it were easy, you know, Google wouldn't be the type of company that they are with PhDs and, you know, entire teams working on algorithms every single day. It is not easy. And Jen and I have always, we were really frustrated during those years that we watched all of these agencies, you know, get all these huge contracts. And meanwhile, we were telling our clients, you know, just stick with us everything's moving in the right direction, everything's okay. And then when the collapse came, you know, when the Panda algorithms hit and everything, all of our clients that stuck with us were just really happy because they skyrocketed back to where they deserve to be. And then all of the, you know, the companies that took advantage of those services, you know, were buried. My advice is not changed, I think, in 10 years from an organic standpoint it requires really great marketing and that's why it requires an omni-channel strategy. It's not this, you know, email versus social versus SEO or anything like that. You've got to have a really balanced strategy. I, I liken it to the soundboard, you know, that you've got to tweak the knobs, get everything set in before it sounds really good. And companies that, that are in the long haul for it, you know, we require, you know, one-year contracts with our clients so that we can absolutely show them tangible results. But if you're going with a 90-day program from a $1,000 vendor, guess what? They might leave you in worse condition than when they found you. And it's, it's a really problematic thing right now. What I would say is focus on the agency and focus on the reputation. If they've got a reputation and they've got people that have been there for years and clients that have been there for years, that's a good sign that they're legit and they've done a good job. But, you know, the other the other piece that's an obvious one is if you've got an SEO company that never looks at your website, never talks to you about the content strategies that you're deploying or the promotions or your email program, run. Yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> you right. know, because they're probably doing something, you know, gray hat or black hat on, on the backlinking side of the business, which is just that's what's burying businesses right now. You know, that's part of the whole reason that we built the marketing capability maturity model, which is basically everything from brand conception to audience monetization. And obviously, search is a a big part of digital marketing, but you have to have the foundational content, messaging, personas, technology. You have to have everything to make that worthwhile. You know, one of the other things that I'll say on on that one is if you've got a we were talking about content production earlier and we've been talking to our clients a lot more about identifying a content library. And that's a, that's basically a definitive volume of content that you need to fully inform your audience, whether they're your customers or whether they're your prospects. That's a lot different strategy than let's say content production. It moves it from instead of thinking about how many blog posts per week Instead, thinking, how many articles do we need to fully encompass the ideas and the research that people are are putting out there? It's one of those ways that SEO guys that are just saying, you know, more content, more content, more content, more content, 
you're actually fighting yourself. If you've got 10 different articles on your site about, you know, how to optimize a blog post, now you're, you're literally competing with yourself. Instead of writing one elaborate, well-written, diagrammed, researched with third-party links to more information, videos, infographics, and, and you have one spectacular page that's totally thorough on a topic, that's what's going to rank well. And so we, we try to get people to change their ideals about, you know, production to this library aspect that, you know, a library still adds new books when it needs to. But the fact is, is that you know that you need a minimum volume of, of content across a number of topics to even get started. Well, that's a fascinating, because uh, that's a big mindset shift for a lot of people. And, and, they're, and they're, they're, their natural understanding is, well, I got to produce a lot of content because there's a lot of people out there saying that. But you're right. I mean, and, and frankly, it's making me realize I got to do some shifting on my website. But, but are you allowed to continuously modify that one masterpiece? I mean, is, is, are you allowed to, to update it and to continue to refine it Absolutely. and to add different resources? I mean, I, and that doesn't necessarily hurt you in, in terms of the, the long-term play on that? No, not at all. In fact, quite the opposite. We do it on the Marketing Tech Blog. On a weekly basis, we probably republish an older article with more up-to-date information on it every single week on that site. And when we republish it, we re-promote it. We, you know, the great thing is that that URL already has authority and ranking with the search engines. So it garners even more attention. And then it's socially shared. All the social shares are there. So if people read you know, we we republish an article that had 800 shares before. Guess what? People are more apt to share it just based on that. They don't know that it's a year-old article that we refreshed with, you know, more current information. We're doing that on a constant basis. We had one we had one client that we did that with that they had I think about 12 million articles online, and they actually put a team on about 20% of their articles rewriting it. And they skyrocketed their rankings on those older on those older articles just by refreshing them. Yeah, fascinating. I'm I'm going to get as much free counsel as I can here. So, if say you're using a WordPress blog, are you just updating it, or are you actually unpublishing it, making the changes, and republishing it to the current date? Exactly the second. So Got it. We, we take and and we'll add video, we'll add an infographic, we'll add some additional research. We'll update the article. We might write an entirely new article because the it's changed so dramatically, and then we will republish it as new, send it out through our email as new, everything. And and nobody's ever said, man, I, I thought I saw an article at that URL a year ago. <laughs> you know, well, why, nobody, do, why do we nobody frown does. on that? Why do we frown on that activity when every day someone, some author who wrote a bestseller is putting out the next edition? I mean, it's the same concept, right? It's, yeah, the, same, right. it's, it's the same. It's the same idea. Yeah. All right. Interesting. Well, so and if you're listening to this, if you're smart and really paying close attention, you just learned another value to podcasting is that gooberheads like me can interview people on a show like this and I learn something. And so that's the value of podcasting as well as you can you can interview people doing amazing things and, and continue to learn from them. So very, very exciting. Well, shoot, um, we have only about 300 other topics I want to dive into, but we're, we're way past our time. I, I suspect we'll have to have you back. And, and keep on and keep on talking. But for purposes of today's show, I think we're about out of time. Douglas, I'll ask you uh, to share how people can uh, get in touch with both of you should they have questions, learn more about the Marketing Tech Blog, as well as DK New Media. 
Yeah, the Marketing Tech Blog is is our primary publication. So that's marketingtechblog.com. You can find Jen and I online. It's Jay Lisak uh, on Twitter, Douglas Carr for myself. Our agency is DK New Media. It's all one word. And you can find us online everywhere. I mean, if obviously we're good at SEO. So if you Google us, you'll find us everywhere. But um, the agency is really, we, we have a couple of people outside of the marketing and technology spaces. But for the most part, we, we cater to marketing tech customers just because we have a we have about 100,000 readers on a monthly basis to the Marketing Tech Blog. Got it. All right. Douglas Carr, founder of the Marketing Tech Blog, and Jen Lezak, vice president and content strategist with DK New Media. Douglas, Jen, great to have you guys. Thanks, thanks again for stopping by and joining us. Thank you so much. Thank you. All right. That's all the time we have for today. Again, on behalf of my guests, Douglas Carr and Jen Lezak, I am Todd Schnick. We'll see you soon on Intrepid Business. Thank you for listening to Intrepid Media. We appreciate your attention. To receive everything we do, simply go to intrepidmailinglist.com. That's intrepidmailinglist.com and sign up. You can also find us at intrepid.media and on iTunes. And to support the important work we do on your behalf, a rating and review on iTunes will help spread our work far and wide. Again, we certainly appreciate your support. Now get out there, be intrepid, and we'll see you next time.